Welcome to Truth Unbound. Once again, I'm your host, Walter Swain, back from a long, tiring, but very joyful week at youth camp with our church teens. Uh, it was great to see the Holy Spirit move in their lives and to see them make important decisions for Christ. Well, let me move on to the topic today. Earlier this year, HEB, the Texas mega grocery store chain, was once again given the honor of being the leading grocery store chain in the country. Now, it usually is held first or second place consistently for the last few years. But what's interesting is its founder was a dedicated believer in Christ and used his business for many years to help advance a kingdom agenda in the world through outreach organizations that they built. Our family has shopped there for years. And then last week, this unfortunate news came out. Now, the mainline media, of course, won't show it and has not broadcasted it, but Texas Scorecard Online did catch it. And, well, here's the headline. Texas Grocery Store Tycoon Sponsors Drag Queen Shows for Kids. And that grocery store chain is H-E-B. The article continues saying, and I quote, In June, H-E-B sponsored an LGBT pride event in downtown Austin. The event, called Rainbow on the Creek, included a drag queen story hour, a family-friendly all-ages drag show performed by a group called the Hydrated Queer Kitties, and a pride parade. A libs of TikTok tweet showed the scantily clad performers dancing sensually in front of parents and their children. The event's website says the celebration will include 25-plus activities by LGBTQIA plus nonprofits and partners, a queer BIPOC and Latinx artisan and craft market, gender-affirming care and sexual health resources, and many more activities for the whole family, end quote. Now, that's not all. HEB has quietly done more to oppose the family and Judeo-Christian values it previously supported proudly and openly for years. The article reports on this saying, and I quote, one of Mr. Butt's influential anti-choice operations comes in the form of the Charles Butt Public Education Political Action Committee, which has made donations to 22 political campaigns that oppose school choice. The PAC has received $750,000 in contributions from Butt. Butt has also heavily funded the Raise Your Hand Texas organization, which opposes school choice and advocates for spending more tax money on the current public system, as well as the Charles Butt Foundation, which also oppo opposes school choice, end quote. Now, this has been a huge disappointment. I would venture to guess the CEO's father and founder of the store, if he were alive today, would be appalled. So, as a believer, here's the question. Should I boycott HEB now because of their endorsement of such unbiblical or sinful actions and events? Now, after the Supreme Court decision came out against uh, essentially dismantling the Roe v. Wade law that defined abortion as a constitutional right, many of the companies we buy ordinary products on a regular basis from uh, announced they would pay the expenses for their employees who seek abortions. Now, some of these companies uh, are Amazon, 
Bank of America, CVS, Disney, Google, Hewlett Packard, and others, many of which we buy and use their products and services on a regular basis, products and services we need. Now, the go-to response for several years to this kind of thing by mostly Christian organizations has been to call for an all-out economic boycott of these companies that promote anti-family and anti-conservative and anti-biblical values. The goal being that it will deal such an economic blow to the companies at such a level that they will make a U-turn and not support such organizations and activities that promote such anti-family values events. Now, I know it's my first knee-jerk reaction, if you will, to do that, to boycott for my wife and I both to do the same with any company that would do this, such as HEB. Um, But as we always do here at Truth Unbound, we look at these things critically and biblically. What is it that God commands us or guides us by principle to do in response to the world's actions, especially something like this? Well, we're going to do that now, answering the question for today. Should Christians boycott businesses? Now, I think the answer we find is not the conventional Christian wisdom. So, yeah, here we go. So, we as believers, we see a company like this, and a company we buy products from, come out and support some immorally filthy policy or event or activity, and we immediately think and say, we won't buy their products anymore, and that'll show them. Or does it? Does God instruct us to do that? Does it represent Christ doing that? Is it being a salt and light in the culture for the sake of the gospel and God's righteousness? Or does it do more to damage the cause of Christ and turn people away from the gospel? Well, first, let's ask ourselves, where did boycotts begin and who started it? And then we'll go to the scriptures on this and we'll move into each piece of that and see what it is that God instructs us to do. It all started in Ireland in the mid to late 1880s. Most Irish farmers rented their land. But the rent price was not regulated in any way, and so they were paying excessive rental fees from their British overlords. And if not paid, they were evicted, sometimes in violent ways, by their aristocratic landlords. Then another famine hit, and farmers feared the worst, and with good reason. So one of those heavy-handed land agents, a Mr. Charles, yep, you guessed it, boycott, started to evict 11 tenants. So the Irish National Land League urged farmers and their workers to stop working altogether and withdraw all business activities with Mr. Boycott. The name eventually turned into a verb for the action of withdrawing business activity with someone in order to bring about the desired change by the worker or consumer. And so it has continued on today, thanks to Mr. Boycott's heavy-handed abuse of Irish farmers and their workers and the Irish organization that used this tactic in response. Now, our best approach to answer the question, 
would to, should Christians boycott businesses is to look back at early and historic Christianity, to look at the early believers, particularly, of course, in the scriptures, to see what they did. Now, the short answer to this directly is you don't see boycotting done anywhere in the Bible by believers or churches. It was just unknown to do such a thing. And so that gives us a straight-up no to the answer to today's question. But there's more to look into before concluding that entirely, and actually the answer is a little more, a little bit more complex than that. Now, the closest we have to this dilemma and the principles we learn from it do apply to the situation of our question today, is the problem that arose in the early church where some believers bought meat to eat from uh, the butcher, the meat market, only for it to be discovered and thus opposed by other believers that that meat was previously offered to false gods and idols in pagan temples before it was put out for sale. Now, this is all discussed in Romans and 1 Corinthians by Paul the Apostle. So, again, some believers had no problem with buying the meat because they understood uh, their, their spiritual teaching was these gods are false, they don't exist, and, well, meat's meat, we're born to eat. <laughs> But others were more sensitive to that because some of them more likely worshipped in those places before they came to Christ and participated in the immoral sexual and other practices that were done in worship to these false gods. And so they wanted to be separated from all of it so as to live the pure and blameless life God wanted them to live. So what was Paul's Holy Spirit-guided directive in these gray area issues? Well, we notice, first of all, as you read those passages, that he didn't say the meat itself was corrupted. He also didn't say not to do business at all with the merchant. He addressed only the meat issue, not the entire business of that merchant and maybe whatever else they may have sold. Paul actually didn't say anything about doing business with that merchant about not doing business with that meat merchant at all, but he did address the attitude between the believers who were opposing each other. Uh, apparently there was some heated division between them over this in the churches, and, and it affected their friendship and brotherhood in Christ over it. Now, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks 
or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, Paul discussed this also with the Christians in Rome. It became an issue there, not just in the city of Corinth and the church there. And he told them this in Romans 14, 22, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. All right, so in summary, here's two principles uh, that Paul was really concerned that we do practice as believers without compromise, and those two principles are the following. Number one, conscience. Be guided by your Holy Spirit-led conscience and live by it. Secondly, love. Put what he calls the weaker brother first And that would be godly love in action. Also, love for the unsaved person who invited you over to eat that meat with you so you can love them to Christ. Paul said, if you are with an unbeliever and they offer you this meat, feel free to eat it and let it it be an open door to maybe talk to them of Christ with them. If with a believer who does not believe in eating it, then out of love and respect for them in that moment, don't eat it. And by doing that, you're showing godly love and preference and deference toward them. So again, the question is, should Christians boycott businesses that endorse sinful practices? The response from Scripture here is with two main questions that you could ask yourself. The principles are wrapped up in these two questions before you decide to boycott. Number one, can you be consistent when you boycott these businesses? Consistency in your godly living is essential. The reason it's essential is because it prevents hypocrisy. Consistency in how we live for Christ is difficult enough due to our struggle against the flesh, but it is important to show we are consistent before the unsaved world especially. It is obedience to the Word of God, where it says, for instance, in Philippians 2.15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Recently, Disney was exposed publicly by videos that leaked of a meeting of uh, several of its own executives and content creators where they discussed their agenda and efforts at normalizing queerness in their kids' entertainment. In fact, they wanted to, they were talking and discussing ways of how to increase that. So a boycott of Disney by Christians was called for. Some of us will remember a few years back uh, when Target announced that, that trans, transgender people can enter uh, bathrooms and even the dressing room of their choice. This caused understandable fear of parents, especially with their kids, going into bathrooms or dressing rooms where there will potentially be men acting as women. And it, in fact, did occur shortly after their policy was stated. Many Christians led the cry for a boycott against Target. Now, there's also Amazon, 
and dozens of other companies allowing or even promoting anti-biblical and anti-Judeo-Christian value policies where we get the majority of our daily products from. And boycotts are called against all of them. The problem is, is that many a believer starts out doing these boycotts against these companies, and over time they slowly go back and break their boycott silently for just a moment, or they just stop doing it altogether in order to get the products they need from these companies. So what's the point? The point is this, is that you you join in publicly, maybe you post it on Facebook, you talk to others about it, I'm not buying my products there again, but then you eventually silently, quietly go either to the store or buy online from them anyway. You're saying, well, at least I'm not buying that product. But the point is this, is that you end up having, you end your consistency in what you said you were going to do. Uh, that is destructive to your reputation as a believer. As Paul talks about, we should have in our, in our daily walk. And so that creates, that creates a problem, both personally and publicly, if it's noticed and by other believers. Let me further give another scenario. Let's say I only solicit a company owned by a Christian and run by biblical values, but the employee that he employs there that is serving me or making my product or selling it to me or servicing me in some way, uh, I buy from them, but they may be themselves entirely involved in immorality in their lives. Uh, now, I may not be aware of it, but nevertheless, it is there. So am I compromised am, because I'm not being consistent? See, it's just, it's so very difficult to remain consistent when you do something absolute like that. Um, and it, it therefore is destructive, as we said before, to our Christian testimony before God and before the world and before other believers, especially weaker Christians. Now, some believers may say, yeah, but the boycotting of companies that promote evil things is showing consistency and will help lead people to Christ. We may not hit it 100% all the time, but the general movement sends a message. But I would respond, does it really help lead people to Christ? So this leads me to the next principle. Will boycotting help point people to salvation in Christ? Inside of this, we ask, does it impress people with Jesus? Does my boycotting, does it get unsafe people to say, wow, these Christians have really taught us a lesson. Tell me about your Jesus. Does it really, really do that? I don't think so. I can remember in 2015 that Starbucks made their Christmas cups as simply red cups one year without any kind of Christmas wording or message on it at all. And a bunch of Christians across the country were up in arms about it, demanding about how horrible atrocity this is and that Christians should boycott Starbucks because they had red cups without a Christmas message on them. And uh, I went against the grain and publicly said, I'm not going to boycott Starbucks. It's a red cup. That's it. I thought that the larger Christian response, frankly, was tragic and only damaged our reputation, our testimony, I should say, as believers and followers of Jesus. And, and it kind of knocked us out of being blameless category. Now, I want to agree with the boycott, but then I go to Starbucks, and for instance, this really happened. The lesbian girl who I have built a certain level of trust with, just as a customer buying coffee there frequently, took months to build that trust, asked me for a Bible. 
and where my church was so she and her girlfriend could visit. And I asked, what if I had boycotted them? I would have ended that relationship and that trust and closed the door to the, of the gospel to them. Let's say that an impact uh, of a boycott ends up in the loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars against that company. They succumbed to it and finally changed policy, but in the process, they also had to lay off some workers. Workers who are mostly not followers of Jesus. What impression does the Christian community give of the gospel towards them? Their boycott against them caused them to lose their job. And if some believers are laid off, what does that do to their testimony in that workplace among those unbelievers? How did the rest of us believers help them to witness to their co-workers? Exactly. It doesn't help their testimony. It doesn't impress people with the kingdom, with the gospel. To the contrary. Now, just last year, YouTuber Disciple Dojo did a uh, podcast And he mentioned a Facebook post by a Christian called Joel Patrick, where he said this, and I quote, here's the picture. It's time Christians stand up for themselves and start boycotting people who disrespect our faith, end quote. Now, again, like he he mentioned, I, I have nothing against him. I don't know him. And I get the fervor and gist of what Mr. Patrick means. But let's look at this in the context of the early believers and many believers in the world today. For instance, in poor and authoritarian countries oppressing, that are oppressing and persecuting those believers. Boycotting might sound great here in America, where we have tremendous freedom in a capitalist economy, both of which I love and defend. But the normal has always been authoritarian governments, from the Roman Empire and others before it and after it, continuing to today, and to most believers under those types of governments' economies today. Boycotting doesn't work in that context because most believers have little to no choice between producers of the products they need. There's just one. And it would only bring more oppression and persecution upon themselves and other believers. To be respected as a people, as believers, has never been a command or priority God has given the believer. We are to live godly lives before the world, who he told us, would not like us, would hate us. It says if it, he also said if they hated you, it's because they hated me first. But again, to be disrespected as a people, um, that's just not a priority God has given us. We are to live godly lives before the world, to be firm in our convictions, yet speak the truth in love. And living peaceably, as Paul said, with all men as much as is possible. The point and conclusion is this, based on God's truth, this is what we see from his word. If the goal of boycotting a company's products or services is to teach them a lesson and demand that they start respecting us as Christians or demand that they live godly lives when they don't even know Christ as Lord and Savior yet, then we're really no better than the legalistic Pharisees in Jesus' time and we're only damaging the opportunity and witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and with the public that is observing this action. Now, on the other hand, if your personal individual motive is to live a more pure and holy life, to protect your family, specifically your children, from moral harm, then you do well boycotting them yourself according to your conscience and biblical principle before God. 
In either case, believers are not to reject or pass judgment on each other if they choose to boycott or simply not buy the company's products or not. And in the midst of this, if I want to say this. If you're watching or listening to this podcast and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your leader, your forgiver, then I invite you to receive Jesus Christ by telling him, Father, I am a sinner. Lord, I, I am separated from you, and you're the only hope. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I turn from my sin and ask you to save me. I'm following you from now on. I'm yours. Take control of my life. And when that moment happens, then he enters in, forgives you of sin, gives you eternal life, and now he is your leader. Now he is the one that guides you through principle and command throughout all of your life and to honor God, to glorify God in everything you do, as we read Paul say earlier. So I encourage you, please, give your life to Christ today. You'll never regret it. Well, I certainly hope that uh, this has helped clear up some of this. It can be pretty foggy when you really get into it. It's not so cut and dry, uh, but the principles are there. Uh, and I hope this has helped you deal with this important issue because it's constantly before us. I know some of my own friends in ministry may not be in agreement with my conclusions on this, but that's okay. Because I know one thing we do agree on is the world is descending into deeper immorality and authoritarian rule than has ever been seen before in our world. And we as believers need to strengthen our conviction to separate ourselves from the sin of the world, but also be a witness to the unsaved world. And to look forward to the appearing of Jesus as he told us he would come again and come again soon and set all things straight. And hallelujah, even so, come Lord Jesus. Well, thanks again for being a part of the worldwide group of followers of this podcast. And don't forget, if you would please, to spread the word by clicking like, subscribe, follow, and again, share the link to this podcast to everyone you can today. And always, as we say at the end of every podcast, follow Jesus, because when you do, you'll always follow the truth.